Product managers give 100% of themselves to their customers. But who's there for the PM? The Product Management Center at the University of Washington. It's a global hub for knowledge, community, and impact. I'm Jeff Schulman, founding director of the Product Management Center and your host on this show, How to Succeed in Product Management. Each week, I'm joined by my co-host, Red, and some of the best product managers in the business. Together, we're having candid conversations that help you understand the challenges that a product manager faces, how they overcome them, and the tools and frameworks that will help you thrive in the role. So let's start the show. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jeff Schulman, and I'm the founding director of the Product Management Center here at the University of Washington. We're leveraging our academic experts and a great family of alumni and friends and product managers all across the country to help develop a more diverse, inclusive, and skilled product management community. Part of what we do is every single week, we bring uh, people here on Clubhouse and in every major podcasting app, some of the best product managers in the business to discuss how to succeed in product management. And we discuss a different topic each week. And the topic this week is how to succeed in product management. But really, like, what does success look like for a product manager? How can you track those metrics for your own personal success so that you could advance in your career? So this conversation is relevant to both people trying to break into product management and trying to become chief product officers or even CEOs. We're going to get deep into the weeds about what does success look like for you in your job and how do you track it and communicate it so that you can get to the next job. That sounds really bad when I put it that way, to get to the next stage in your career. And today's guest is a director of product at Google, speaking just for himself, his own personal opinions. But Tom, thank you for joining us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your career progression in product management? Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. I just uploaded a avatar image, so hopefully that'll show up soon. But my background, let's see, I've been in product Pretty much since 1999, I graduated from college in 96 and started out in management consulting. And then I joined a startup in 99. And then I went to business school in 2001 and then went to Microsoft after B-School. Briefly, I was in business development and then switched over to product after about a year and then have been in product roles or co-founder CEO roles of startups ever since. And uh, yeah, in my day job, I lead a team of product managers here at Google. I'm also a career coach for product managers and uh, just love the profession, never gets old and excited to have the conversation with you today. All right. I'm excited as well. And Red, are you Red E to share a little bit about how people can get involved in today's conversation? Face palm, my friend. Big face, Tom. <laughs> uh, yes, I am ready. And Tom, if you pull down your screen, just drag the face down and then let it refresh. Boom. That magical face of yours will be visually available for you and all to see. Sprinkle some magic dust. So for everybody who is new to this room and anybody who's listening to our podcast, that's right. I said podcast. You see, today we're recording the show so that for those who could not be included tonight, For whatever reason, we would broadcast it for the world to hear on our How to Succeed in Product Management podcast. My name is Red, and I'm one of the founding advisory board members for the Product Management, here we go, Jeff, every time, Product Management Center at University of Washington. And we're working to make a more inclusive opportunity for product managers around the world. That means for at least tonight, we want to give you an opportunity to figure out how you can better navigate the world of product from the KPIs to setting those goals, or as Tom said, from even owning different jobs and titles. Well, in reality, from a heart, you are a product manager. So to make it easier for everyone to be involved and be included, we not only have a podcast, but we also have created the opportunity for you to get involved in events and a Slack channel. Now, I am always, Jeff, week over week, trying to navigate what would be the best thing to promote. We either talk about our Slack channel, which is for those who are listening and wanting to get involved, but for those who are here tonight and listening in, if you wanna get into that Slack channel, ping me. But that's not the thing I think I wanna highlight the most. You see, this is the giving month for University of Washington. And this month, more than any other month that I can think of, the Product Management Center relies on your ability to help us. There is the ability to give, and there's the ability to promote what we're doing here tonight so others can support it. And how they can support it is a number of ways. I'm not going to sell the opportunity tonight so hard as much as I can say, if you're someone who's interested in helping out the Product Management Center at University of Washington, please ping me. I'm an ambassador, I'm a friend, and I want to help. 
For everybody else, Jeff, I'm handing it back to you. And ultimately, you can help me decide what is it we want to give people tonight that they can walk away with in knowing that they've helped us succeed in making the world a better place for product managers. Back to you, Jeff. Red, I love the enthusiasm and I love the shout out to Husky, Husky Giving Day, which is this Thursday, April 7th. And let's see, Sumeya, speaking of being inclusive, you generously share your insights every single week and make that knowledge available uh, so that everybody could feel a part of the community that you've created. And also everybody feels that they are ready to be, they have the knowledge they need to succeed. Tell us a little bit quickly about your journey. We're talking about tracking a career in product and measuring success and finding success. You've had a lot of success in your career. So just tell us a little bit about your career progression. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. And Tom, welcome to the group and good to see everyone here. A lot of familiar faces as usual. I think I've talked about my career a few times here on this show or podcast, and I just wanted to highlight a couple of things that I might not have talked about before. And the first one really is over the past 20 years, my personal goals have changed. What matters to me has changed. And so that has also been reflected in the things I have gone after in my career. I've always been ambitious. That hasn't changed. And I always try to be honest with myself about what matters to me at any given point in time. You know, that period of exact change, that tipping point tends to be, you know, a little painful sometimes. But, you know, going over that hump is where I find most of the growth happening for me and where I see my goals coming to fruition. And then the second thing is a lot of what has happened in my career has been, yes, through work and planning, but also through people that I have been to meet with and I'm grateful to have, you know, be advocates for me, uh, people from mentors to sponsors. And so those are two things, you know, I'd be happy to talk about and highlight a little more, but they have been people who have enabled me to move, for example, from a manager position all the way from a, to a VP and then to essentially the CPO reporting to the CEO. So those are people that have been important in my career, and I want to talk about that. But then I've also gone the other way. After being the person responsible for product in the whole company, I've chosen to go into the IC role and not have to worry about people's careers. And, you know, that has a whole other element of skills and worries, at least for me, that I didn't want to carry on again and became a people manager. So those are all kinds of changes that I've had in my own personal career. Uh, and so when we are having today's conversation, I think just as important as our perspective is you understanding what's important to you. Uh, that's one. And two, if you don't know exactly what you want, that's okay. Exploration and experimentation also has a lot of value as long as you are clear on what you want to learn from that experimentation. Back to you, Jeff. All right. Thank you for sharing that, Sumeya. And now, Tom, I want to turn back to you. You're a career coach. You also host your own podcast. People should check that out uh, about product management. And so as you're coaching people, what do you think success looks like for a product manager? As Sumeya said, she wanted to manage people, then she didn't want to manage people. I know a lot of a lot of listeners probably think the path is like, how big is my team? That's a metric of success. But I'm wondering if you could expand on other metrics of success for product managers in their careers, like what they should aspire to or do aspire to. Yeah, I definitely was there when I was an IC. I The main thing was like, how do I manage people? And now that I'm a manager of managers, I, <laughs> I think about it differently for sure. I think the reality is that it is people management is super important and it is a way to have outsized impact on an organization if you can really lead a team of high performers. But I also think it depends. The metrics of success kind of change as you move through your product career. So maybe like if you're fresh out of grad school or undergrad and you're in your kind of first few years of product management, I would say the main measure of success is, you know, how many launches have you done and, and have they been, you know, successful? Have they gone smoothly? Do, did you sort of become a, an official leader of your 
cross-functional kind of core team. And then as you become a senior product manager, like more of a senior individual contributor, then it probably is going to be more focused on what was the impact of the stuff that you launched? How big of a deal was it? Do you have charts that kind of go up and to the right in terms of usage or impact on revenue or whatever it might be? And then as you move into a manager role and you are responsible for uh, you know a few direct reports or uh, however many it may be, that one is one of the toughest ones because you're still kind of on the hook for being a driver of key projects, but now you've also got to figure out how to help product managers be successful who are reporting to you. And, you know, the adage of what got you here kind of won't get you there is true that a lot of people have to unlearn things that serve them well as an individual contributor. And then when you become a manager of managers, you're really looking at kind of impact on the broader company or group that you're in, you know, that's going to have a multi-year change to the inflection point of of the business. So yeah, you know, the metrics kind of evolve as you move through the the journey. And but those are some that come to mind. All right. Thank you, Tom. And Sumay, I want to hear from you about the metrics that tracks quote unquote career success for product managers. Before we do, I do want to mention I'm going to add one metric to what Tom said, which I think is inspiring others and how many people feel empowered and prepared to create a better world based off of your work. And so that's a, also a shameless plug for we are hoping at the at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business, we have launched, we're going to be recognizing what we call inclusive product management champions. And so if there's somebody who's inspired you, I hope you'll take just, you know, two minutes to nominate them and let us know so that at the Inclusive Product Management Summit, we can really put wind in their sails and acknowledge the product managers who are building a more inclusive future and who have inspired you while doing that. So that's my two cents adding that. And then Red has added the link here on Clubhouse, but anybody who's listening on our podcast can Google Inclusive Product Management Champions. Take two minutes to nominate somebody and it could make the world a difference to keep them going in, in what they're doing. Sumeya, so in addition to being nominated for an inclusive product management champion, I think that's the number one metric for success. And then all the metrics that Tom broke down by career stage. Do you have anything to add of what metrics somebody should be thinking about as they're thinking about the success of their own career? Yeah, absolutely. I think I break up metrics usually into two. There are external ones that you need to be viable in the marketplace. And then there are intrinsic ones that matter to you that tie in with your personal motivations, to what matters in your life. And to me, you achieve, you know, a state of perfect fit or product market fit with yourself when you have a good fit between those two areas. So it's if it's a Venn diagram, those two areas overlap and in the middle is really the right place for you to, ba- to be at that point in time. And so everything that Tom has said, I think is definitely important from an external market validation, you know, aspect and what matters when people look at your resume and when you're being evaluated for for jobs. And then I, just not to forget and also not to belabor this for too long, but what matters to you? Are there new industries or new markets you want to work on? Are there, you know, beyond the launches, what are the kinds of problems that you think are meaningful and motivating to you? So I think it's important just to keep your career healthy and moving in the trajectory you want it to, to always balance between the two. Thank you, Sumeya. And now, Tom, I want to get a little bit more, I don't know if it's tactical or if it's still strategic, so maybe I shouldn't have done that transition, but you have a podcast, and I'll let you plug the name for it in a moment, but you have a podcast where you interact with successful product managers. Have you noticed any themes about what they accomplished earlier in their career that helped them grab that VP title or advance as fast or as far as they've gone? The answer, the short answer is no, that the folks that I interview on uh, the podcast is called Fireside PM. And I, it's mostly VPs of product and chief product officers at fairly large organizations. 
And they come from a quite a variety of backgrounds. So I don't think that they have a common starting point, but they certainly seem to have some common qualities when I think across the interviews. The first one that comes up is uh, curiosity, that they really are kind of lifelong learners and they really enjoy it. And they love to kind of unpack and discover and go through the the five whys exercise about lots of different things. I think the second thing is they are really effective communicators. They're able to tell a story that kind of builds a following that people can get excited about. And then probably the third thing is I think they're really great at sustained execution that they're willing to play the long game and invest the time it takes to, to build really big businesses or kind of businesses at scale and products at scale. So interestingly enough, I, I can't say they all come from, you know, such and such school, CS department, and then they work at, you know, such and such big tech company. They come from all variety of backgrounds, but the curiosity, the storytelling, and the kind of uh, grit or sustained execution probably seem very common to all of the people I've interviewed. And Sumeya, have you noticed anything that helps what they do or what they've shown in those early parts of their career that helps? There is that awareness of the political system and the organizational mechanics. And not to say this in like a manipulative way, but they understand what needs to happen within a system for things to get done, etc. And and they invest the time and the effort in learning and being part of that. All right. So I'm going to give a quick plug that if anybody wants to share your opinions on this topic or ask a question, we're going to get to those in about 10 minutes. And uh, Red will be read uh, to pull you up on stage. Or you could uh, message him on our the Product Management Center Slack channel and he, if you want to ask your question or raise your point anonymously. Uh, but Tom, before we get to the open Q&A with the audience, um, I want to dive deep into one transition that I've seen a lot of people curious about. That transition from IC to uh, manager of product managers. Um, what are you accomplishing? What are you putting on your resume? What are you doing that, that shows management that you are ready to, to manage others? Because those they're similar skills, but I, I could imagine they're, they're quite different as well. Yeah, it's a really interesting topic because usually what happens is in order to be considered for a people manager role, you know, you really want to be also or already considered a top individual contributor. However, the irony is that the skills to be a top individual contributor, you know, they don't really translate one for one to being a great manager. So it's one of these things where, I don't know, maybe you can say it's like the SAT, like, do, do you really need the SAT to do well in college? No, but you need to do well on the SAT to get into college. And so in some ways, the first thing I would say is for anybody that wants to be considered for a people manager role, you've got to be, you know, firing on all, all eight cylinders as an IC. And you, you demonstrate that by launches that have measurable impact, strong support from cross-functional partners, especially engineering and design. And um, you'd want to have a manager who's going to advocate for you and who's going to make these opportunities available for you and look out for you and prioritize you for consideration for those things. Now, once you get into the manager role, it's a very hard transition. A lot of people will become, you know, micromanagers because they know exactly how they would do it. And it's always a balancing act to try to provide guidance without encroaching on you know, the, the people who report to you their, their ability to, to perform. But also, I've seen the other side where new managers say, oh, I'm just here to set OKRs and you know, I'm just going to give freedom. And if people need help, they'll reach out to me. And, and that's, I think, also perhaps you know, on the other extreme and, and not as effective either. So it's definitely a tough transition, but, you know, in terms of getting that first manager or that first uh, direct report, 
you know, performance as an IC. You can do other things like mentorship or if your company has interns, sometimes we'll kind of assign some interns to ICs and give them a, a little bit of a taste of it. But, uh, but obviously, honestly, I think the biggest thing is like if you're a high performer and you're getting rated as a high performer during your performance reviews as an IC, then, you know, you you're in a kind of pole position to be considered for manager roles. And B, if you then bring it up to your manager that that's something that's important to you, they're going to be much more likely to try and accommodate that and, and, and support that than if you're kind of, you know, an average performer and they feel like, hey, why are you asking about managing people? Like you, you've got stuff to work on in terms of your own uh, you know, existing scope. Sumeya, anything to add to that? I think what Tom highlighted, I, I usually like to think about this in, in two parts. The first part is, yes, what you need to work on yourself. But the second part is understanding the company dynamics. So I've worked in large and small companies and startups and large corporations. And the dynamics play a huge role. So for example, when I was in, in startups, just taking advantage of opportunities was the most important thing. Of course, yes, delivery. Let's just assume as a <laughs> as a starting point that as a your delivery as a as an individual contributor, products manager is excellent within the with the context you're in. And so the the next question is what does the organizational dynamic require of you to essentially make that next move? Uh, so in large corporations there are these rigid uh, career paths in a lot of places. Um, and there is a huge dependency on you checking some boxes, but then also uh, people at higher levels, skip levels, having some awareness of you. So those are things maybe in a startup uh, because you're working directly with the CEO. You don't need to spend that much time thinking about that. And all you need to do is really be opportunistic, show grit and uh, do your job well. Um, that's not to say that that's always the case within either one of uh, those kinds of companies. But they bring up this example or this point to say, there are the things you need to do, of course, around the skill and the delivery. But then the second one is just understanding the cultural dynamics. And it's hard to really describe what those look like. I think I can talk, for example, about VMware or other companies and, and say, this is what it requires. And Tom probably can talk about it within the context of Google or other companies. Um, and it would look different. So before we get to audience questions, I know we had a previous episode, you know, we're trying to make this like a uh, friends, each episode is good on its own, but it pulled together as a story, you know, you just have to tune in every single week, dated reference there, maybe. But uh, <laughs> we, earlier, we had a, a product manager on who talked about this pressure to, to ship and like felt that success was measured by how many features or products that you pushed live. And that seems to me that that directly could be unhealthy. But Tom, I'm curious if there's a way to refine that or whether you agree that, that you should be measured by how many products you push live. Well, when I was at Microsoft, we would have these Ship It Awards and it was definitely a big focus of emphasis. And when I was at Google in 2006, there was also like focus on launches. We've since here uh, focused more on what we call landings, which is like, yeah, you got to launch the thing and then you want to see sustained kind of customer usage and sustained and growing uh, impact on, on customers. Ultimately, it still does put pressure on the PM to put stuff out there that's, you know, moving charts and, you know, maybe with the landing kind of tweak, we're expecting a little bit more quality versus quantity of launches, but still they are launches. And I personally think that, you know, if you think about the alternative where a PM is only hanging around with customers and doing workshops and ideating and, you know, writing documents and stuff. Like that doesn't really pay the bills for the company. And so at the end of the day, I do feel like launches are a key part. They're probably more of maybe organizations like them because they also try and capture 
everything that happens before the launch, like the kind of development of the idea, the selling of the idea, the scoping of the requirements, the cross-functional kind of alignment, the project management, you know, the prototyping, the dog fooding, all that good stuff. So launches are a nice kind of milestone and a way to, to kind of cut through, you know, all of the activities to say like, okay, so what, you know? So I kind of agree with you that it does put pressure on the PM or the previous guests that said it is, it, it does put pressure on the PM. But I think, you know, it's probably the least bad metric. And the other thing is it's, as long as it doesn't get out of hand where it's just like, oh, how many features did you launch? I, I think I would prefer to, to hire a PM who has a few launches, but he, he or she or they can show like, hey, I, I launched this thing and, and it doubled usage or I launched this thing and it ended up creating a hundred million dollar business or I launched this thing and helped us enter a new market versus, oh, I had, you know, I launched a bunch of things and you know, unclear if anybody's really using them or if they were game changers or just kind of incremental features. I wanted to say that this concept of outcome over output, I think, is one that's really important to drive home because you can be really busy building stuff that leads to nothing, that does not have any impact on, let's say, the OKRs or the overall company's goals, or you can do fewer launches and and have better outcomes. But it doesn't necessarily have to be an either or. Depending on the market, on the situation, I like to hear the nuance when uh, product managers talk about what led to a certain outcome versus another. So having, first of all, an awareness that everything that they're launching is tied to a potential outcome and whether that worked for one reason or another or why is really important. Yeah, I, I was just going to chime in that I appreciated, Tom, this landing versus launching, because I, I think the problem is if we if product managers are evaluated based off of what they uh, launch, then as you said, they, they, there's more features than actually necessary for the customer. They're, part of what has to happen is this focus and prioritization and, and saying no is a valuable skill. And I think you touched upon all of that and Sumaya summarized it perfectly with that. Uh, outcomes and the outcome is not necessarily just uh, the input of, of launching. Red, I think it's time for your show, for you to engage the audience here and let them know how and remind them that everything is recorded so what they say can and will not be used against them. <laughs> or maybe it will be. I guess we can't promise that it won't be. <laughs> oh, yes. The, the, the metrics for success for those who want to ask questions. So first off, and as Jeff, you had stated, this is the part of the show where we want to create an opportunity for those, maybe put an idea out there for how you can help. But most importantly, get the support you need to make that shift, to make that change, to make that jump, to make that improvement, to grow as a product manager. And you have the best minds available to you. So here's how it works. You're going to raise your hand using Clubhouse. There's a little hand raise button at the bottom of the screen. And that hand raise gives you the option to not only raise your hand, but for us to pull you on stage. So if you're somebody who has a question and you'd like us to answer it, please raise that hand now. Now, if you're shy, which is totally understandable, there's also a chat. The room chat is available so that you can position a question and we'll ask it on your behalf. But if you're really that shy and I can understand that, you can also ping me right in Slack and I'll ask a question on your behalf. And I will not say your name out loud. So with that in mind, please, for those who have questions, those who are looking to learn, we are here for you. But understanding that not every time people do have questions, but I have one. And while we're waiting in the interim, Jeff, I'd like to, oh, wait, uh-uh, because this show is not about me or my questions, I am pausing that thought. There is red popping up all over my screen. It looks like we have Jace who is raising their hand to come on up. So I am bringing you up, my friend, and we'll see. I'll check in the chat as well. But Jace, JC, my apologies. Welcome to the show. We are here to support you. And we know that you have a career and a background as a PM of supporting others. So the mic is yours. What would you like to say? How can we help? Well, I'd like to ask ask the group and see if anybody else has encountered this. I've, I've coached some product managers myself. And um, I see this a lot where 
you've got different, I'm going to use the terminology. You've got different flavors of product management. For example, you've got organizations that have decided, oh, you know what? We should do product management. You over there in the corner, you're a product manager. And, and then you've got people who have been um, perhaps delving in and, and, and understanding more about what we were just talking about in terms of outcome versus output. And you've got all these different levels in between, all these different flavors of product management between. And one of the things that, that I've, I've talked about, and I'm not sure if I have the right answer even, but one of the things I've talked about has been like something around the lines of like, you know, you've, you've got to adapt and you've got to know what you want for yourself and your career. Because you can very, very well go down um, a path where, you know, uh, product management is, is, is conducted in a different way. And if that's not helpful for your career, then, you know, you should, you really need to be intentional about that and think about exactly how you want to practice product management and then find those places that, that, you know, most closely align within range, of course. So has anybody else experienced that? Any thoughts on that? That's really it, Red. Oh, no, that's, first of all, when you say flavors, I immediately go to chocolate chip cookie dough. So you lost me early <laughs> on there. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I think the, the question you're asking, though, isn't as clear for a lot of people who are listening in that aren't as familiar with the different ranges of flavors. Could you re-ask the question again, just a little bit more for the sake of brevity, specifically? Okay, so you've got you've got some, okay, well, let's, let's, let's take some, maybe, uh, product manager thinking that you you may have heard of you let's take like kagan for example people have heard of marty kagan all right and you've got the product trio and people looking at that you know uh, looking at product management more like that and then you've got product management on the other side of the spectrum which is almost um it's definitely following agile scrum to some extent but it's more of the handoff and everything is more you know um it seems uh, closer to what we we find uh, or what we found before in in project management. That's that's where originally I came from. So, and so you've got different levels in between, right? Yes, and, indeed. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. So basically, you know, and you've got you you know versions of that mm -hmm. in, in in different in different companies. And I've I've told people because they've been they've they've been studying or reading certain. They really like you know the the outcome driven approach for example and they find struggles in the different organizations they're in and i and i tried to coach them on you know you have to really understand who you you know what you want how you want to practice product management and know that there's not a perfect shangri-la out there but find out what you can you know what you can um, strengthen while you're in an organization but really look also to what you want you know for your next next leap forward right what do you need to strengthen along the lines of what you consider product management. Does that help, Red? Oh, I don't think it just helps me, but it shows the complexity of this topic and why we can ultimately, we probably have even more shows, but Samia, I saw you jump in there and empathize and relate so clearly <laughs> to what that's like, so please. I do, wait. 100%. And I say that because I work with a lot of different size companies in my current roles, role, and you know, I see it, for example, Let's talk about financial services companies, especially the old names, Wall Street, think, you know, JP Morgan and, all, and yes. Chase, none of those are current clients, but <laughs> they are product management there means something completely different than what it means in most software companies. It's a, to your point, JC, it's a project management role a lot of times where the business, this is a key word here, the business makes decisions, hands it over to the product manager who sits on the technology side of the house and they have to execute on them. So they are quasi-business quasi analysts plus project manager plus scrum master, but really there isn't a lot of product management autonomous decision making to the role so so you see that and i've seen it and people trying to make that jump from that world to uh let's say for example to a google uh or to uh, a startup that's using lean agile they struggle uh and and they struggle if they don't understand you know the change in uh expectations the change in scope of influence and uh, in in basically the the lack of structure or rigidity and constraints that they had before. So some people thrive within constraints, others don't. 
And so, yes, JC, I agree with you that product management looks very different in different contexts. And the best thing a product manager can do is talk to other product managers working within those companies. And if they can't, in the in the uh, interview process, there are some key questions you can ask to get a sense of what's going on. The first one is, where does this role sit? If they say it's a product role, our product teams are a mix of business and technology, or it's like the product organization is an autonomous organization, then that tells you something different than if they tell you, oh, it sits within technology or it sits within business. Just using those words of business and technology tells says a lot, for example. Um, there are a number of questions I usually recommend for people to ask that gives them a sense of where that Com- uh, company sits on that spectrum, but that's just one of the ways I've used. JC, what else? What else do you? So wait, uh, real quick, Sumeya. Bef- sorry to interrupt. Before we uh, go back to JC, I just wanted to see if Tom had anything to add to that question, or based off of what Sumeya was saying. Yeah, I would just echo some of what Sumeya was saying, and uh, and I would say like there's even differences of product management within companies. So certainly what one expects of a PM in a large company, like when I was at Microsoft, like at Windows versus MSN versus, you know, some other parts of the company on the enterprise side, the expectations were very different. And then outside across companies, uh, there's the outbound product managers who are maybe more focused on marketing and the go-to-market and how to bring a product out there. And then there's the more inbound folks who are more focused on requirements for the engineers. And then there's these kind of full stack PM type companies, like maybe, you know, like your your usual suspects in big tech where you're you're asked to to kind of think a little bit, you know, across a, a, a variety of areas. Some people may not realize if they're earlier in their PM career is that even if you think you're talking to a company and you're like, oh, I know how they do PM at, you know, Acme, it is important to really talk to the manager, the hiring manager, and maybe this is to Samea's point about trying to probe and figure out like, oh, so like, you know, what, why are you hiring for this role? And what is success for this role? And what would be examples of some key deliverables for this role? And what would be an example of projects in the past that this role performed that were really successful? And what did they do to make it successful? And from that, you can usually start to get a sense of like, oh, okay, this is more of a program management role, or this is more of a go-to-market role, or this is more of a, you know, scrum master role, or this is a everything role. And, you know, not everybody likes the different types of PMs, like different places on that continuum. But it's important to kind of, in your career, figure out where your your sweet spot is and where you have kind of superpowers and, and play to those strengths. I love the fact that this is not only shifted from like frameworks and advice, but ultimately back to the individual and holding them accountable for figuring out who they are and what they want out of their career. And not to take it for granted, Jeff, but that sounds like another topic on its own. Like, how do you figure out what is best for you? Which leads us actually, JC, and I'd like to keep you up here if we have more time for questions back to you. But I have some other chats and other other people asking questions. So if uh, I may, I'm going to jump to Someone I will not name because, again, out of respect to the privacy, they're putting it in there. But we have an individual who's asking a question of the skills required to become a PM. So this is less about their ability, but more about seeing if what they have as skills lines up with becoming a PM and identifying those gaps. So I think it's, it is a rather broad question, but Tom, not knowing the level this person is coming from and knowing we're all about inclusive product management, where would you start to answer that question? the skills, right? The superpower that says, tomorrow, I know I'm a, I'm a PM. That's what I was meant for. How do I answer that? Uh, let's see. If someone hasn't been in PM before and they're saying, hey, you know, I think I want to give it a shot. I think some of the things that I would kind of put on my checklist are, are you super passionate about building great products and can you tell me about products you love and can you spend like a couple hours talking about that product and really nerding out on it even if you're not a pm i do feel like many many pms have a deep 
passion for great products. And we just love to kind of think about like, oh, well, why is that product so much better? Or how did they come to that decision? Or what an amazing product that was. Or the opposite, like, wow, this product experience is just really tough. And, you know, why is it that way? Like, why did I have to pull down on my avatar to refresh my image on clubhouse <laughs> things like that like I, we could talk for a long time about things like that you hear that so, clubhouse you hear that tom is not happy about your user interface choice come on people. <laughs> no yeah but it's a great app obviously so one would be intense kind of passion for great product designs and great product experiences the second one would be a great curiosity and thoughtfulness around strategic decisions like oh well okay i love clubhouse as a product why is Clubhouse so successful? Like, what did it do that others didn't do? And like, how will it grow and scale and where will it go? And what were some of the decisions that they made that led to it being this, you know, giant success that it is today? So that's be the second one. So there's curiosity about a product, then there's like a strategic curiosity. And then the third would be execution and follow through. Like, do you have a track record of doing hard things? And it doesn't necessarily need to be in product management. It could be like, well, you know, you uh, you went through a very rigorous college program like UW, or you were a serious athlete and, and took years of commitment, or you started your own business. So execution would be the third thing. And then maybe the fourth part would be communications and being able to summarize kind of complex topics into, you know, bite-sized natural chunks that uh, that people can understand and, you know, act on. So those would be some of the skills, at least for an early career or folks who are not sure if they want to go into PM. Now, once you're in PM, then it goes back to kind of what we discussed before. Like, are you launching stuff that actually matters, that moves numbers and that helps grow big businesses, you know, and if you are or you are launching features that that help a product be more successful and you can show great charts that go up and to the right. You have a great relationship with your cross-functional partners. And, uh, you know, you're able to take on kind of uh, higher and higher complexity and, and large-scope projects. And then you're off to a great start. Well, Tom, I think that uh, you missed ultimately the messaging in the chat. But this person said, thank you. They said they're passionate. To me, this answer you've given is ultimately... You, you nailed it on the head, and I want to say thank you for being here and for the person who asked the question, for giving people a chance to, to see why Tom is here. And for those who are listening on the live podcast, you can always reach out to us and dig further if you're new to the career. One of the places, Tom, that you pointed out was not the passion, right, but the communication effectiveness. I will say that a lot of the PMs who are reaching out to us, the first step is them explaining what it is they're looking for and why. And I think that is always a really good sign for <laughs> the first step through that door is those who have said, I know what I need. I know how you can help me. Here's here's the first step to that. So with that in mind, uh, thank you. I'm going to hand things back to Jeff and JC. We're going to bring you back for another show. We think the question you asked was a fantastic <laughs> one. So please stay tuned. Thank you for pinging us on Slack and bringing your amazing photo to the clubhouse stage. <laughs> Of Thank you, JC. Absolutely. Appreciate it. And so we're going to get to concluding thoughts in just a moment. But first, controversial opinions. We're talking about uh, career development, the metrics you track for success, and, and how you demonstrate that you're ready to achieve your for that next level of career success in a product management. Tom, I'm going to put you on the spot, but Sumeya will step up if there's an awkward silence. Any opinions you have on this matter that you want to float that might be controversial and, and see if it gets Sumeya's blood boiling or if she agrees with you? And and wait, wait, before you anything, Sumeya, you're not allowed to agree with him, okay? I, product managers love to agree with each other. I get it. But come on, people. We want some controversy here. So let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> So the question was a controversial opinion about uh, product management career success or about uh, anything in product management in general or, or what, it, what was this? If we could refine it, if the scope could be about defining or achieving a career success as a product manager, 
That would be my preference, but we'll take any controversy. Red wants to work at Bravo Network. He loves drama, so any anything you've got for us would be well appreciated. Oh, controversial opinion. Yeah, okay, let me think about that. I think one thing I would say is, I mean, I don't know if this is controversial, but I think one of the key su- success factors for product managers is how well they work with really hard to work with engineers. And, you know, great engineers are some of the smartest people on earth and they have opinions of many of them have opinions about product. And there's a couple kinds of engineers. There are some that are like, Hey, I just love the technology. You know, you just tell me what you want me to build and like, I'll figure out a way to make it happen. And many product managers love those engineers. But most engineers are like, hey, especially if they're experienced, they've been around the block, they've launched a bunch of stuff, and they they have an opinion on what works and what doesn't. And I think one of the most difficult skills that if you can develop that can really make or, or break your career as a PM is how well you partner with that eng counterpart. And if you can figure out how to do that and do that with a variety of different types of eng leaders along your career... Like, if anything, like that's as important of a skill as customer empathy and as strategic thinking, because all of that goes kind of by the wayside if you're constantly kind of misaligned with your eng counterpart. And uh, so I don't know if that's controversial, but we don't talk about it as much as maybe we, we should. We're about to find out if it's controversial, Sumeya. It's your choice to make it controversial or not. I I think I'm going to disappoint here. Ding, ding, ding. In the left corner, we have Sumeya aiming to not disappoint. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. (laughs) Because I agree with Tom. You know, I talk a lot about influence without authority is a very important skill. And in that umbrella of influencing and leading the team, It includes engineers and it includes designers as people you probably work with every single day. Sometimes marketers as well, uh, data analysts, all these people that are part of this core team that are part of your pod, I think are extremely important for you to understand how to work with, how to, yes, influence, how to partner with, how to collaborate with. You know, I can tell you one of the hardest collaborations I've ever had in my career was with a designer, but I also had the difficult one with an engineer. And so I I completely agree with Tom. They're just people. (laughs) Not all people are the same way. Not everyone has the same style. And yes, engineers tend to be the most important because for a lot of PMs, those are the only people they also work with on a day-to-day basis. They might not have designers on the team, etc. So I agree with Tom. <laughs> That's all right. That's how we... Uh... We don't give Red the drama he wants, but we give the people the answers they need, the truth. We've got a hard stop at 5 o'clock West Coast time, 8 o'clock Eastern. So, Sumeya, real quick, any concluding thoughts that gives uh, half of these three minutes to Tom as well? Uh, concluding thoughts you want to leave the audience with? Yes, something very quickly. I think we started the conversation by uh, saying that today we want to really talk about how PMs can can think about getting to senior levels, CPOs, CEOs, uh, you know, SVPs, VPs. And one thing we didn't get to talk about a lot is scale. So a lot of what you do today you end up doing at least 50% of it, but at scale. Thinking about the product strategy, but at scale with multiple products. Thinking about how to uh, hire the best talent, how to retain the best talent, again, at scale. How to win in the marketplace, but again, at scale. So, And how to build great process and, and frameworks, again, at scale. <laughs> And so I I think this question of scale becomes really important for you to to understand what different roles are going to give you and what experiences can you cultivate that give you insights into how to do things at scale. So in one role, for example, even as an IC, you might have an opportunity to establish processes for product management, collaboration, let's say, with design for the whole department. 
take advantage of that. Those are all opportunities that show you how to do things at scale. And you learn so much from that. So yeah, my last thought here is don't forget about the at scale portion. All right. Thank you, Sumeya. Appreciate you being here and appreciate you being here every single week on how to succeed in product management. Tom, you are a career coach. You're a successful product manager or manager of product managers or manager of managers of product managers, if I got that correct. And also you have your own podcast, uh, Fireside Chats with PMs. What do you want to leave the audience with here today? So definitely subscribe to Fireside PM uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. But then most importantly, Think of product management as an apprenticeship discipline that if you're early in your career, the best thing you can do is join a team where your manager has had a lot of experience as a product manager and you can kind of observe and learn some of the patterns and some of the the approaches that experienced PMs take. There's a lot of great content out there and books and and classes and those are fantastic but you really learn so much by working with successful product managers so i would for sure pin that one you know as you think about where to work just think try and see if you can embed yourself in a company with a, a strong product management culture or with a a manager who's who's been there and done that you'll you'll learn a ton and it'll it'll serve you for many years to come all right. Thank you, Tom, for joining us. Thank you, Sumeya. And thank you, Red, for managing the stage artfully, gracefully, and, and wonderfully. Thank you, JC, for asking the question and the person who uh, raised a question in chat. And all of you for listening. We here at the Product Management Center at the University of Washington, uh, we're doing everything we can to develop a more diverse, inclusive, and importantly, skilled product management community. And part of that is showing up, uh, listening to some of the great uh, product leaders, uh, becoming a great product leader. And once you are, uh, like Tom, Sumeya, and JC, sharing your advice with the next uh, generation. I do want to give one more shout out to please, please, please nominate somebody who's inspired you, the product manager who is building a more inclusive future, whether that's through um, hosting fireside chats, hint, hint, Tom here, or whether that's through opening access to information like Sumeya has done, or somebody you've worked with who's developed inclusive products. It doesn't matter to us as long as they live the values of the product management center, are inspiring uh, people to to be develop a more inclusive and better future for everybody. And that could be through the products they create, inclusive products they create. It could be through the communities they cultivate or their generosity with their time and knowledge. Uh, but we want to hear from you because we want to put wind in the sails of those who are inclusive product management champions. Uh, we want to keep them energized to, to focus on building a better future for everyone. Google inclusive product management champions takes about two minutes to nominate somebody. And yeah, anybody who's inspired you, don't hesitate. Let us hear about that. Tom, thanks again. Thank you, everybody. And until next week, I'm Jeff. This was Red and Sumeya. And uh, we're here every single week with how to succeed in product management.